episode 12 of Hometown Glory, your Spurs and culture podcast. I'm Rosa and I'm joined today by Billy, Sam and Tom. Um, hi guys, how you're feeling? I've just just double checked that everyone's got their voices back. Just say I. I, I. <laughs> just about. <laughs> On today's pod, we discuss a game you'd be forgiven for thinking Spurs played absolutely no part in as it saw a miscarriage of justice so egregious that the very integrity of this otherwise morally unimpeachable game is at stake. That's right, a Liverpool goal was incorrectly disallowed for offside. Despite my best efforts, we are going to be talking about the VAR nonsense. We'll also reflect on Spurs women's opening game against Chelsea, preview Luton, dish out some culture recommendations, and make time for a totally demented edition of Rolling in the Treats. But first... We have the actual audacity to enjoy our first win over Liverpool in approximately 100 years. Billy, I'm going to go to you first. I want us to take some time to actually bask in this because I don't feel like anybody else has done that. We were mentioned, I think the only commentary on us in match, on match of the day was, anyway, well done Spurs. Yeah, so man. I'd like a little bit more from you, thanks. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like forgotten about that we're like second in the league at the moment as well. That kind of just has like gone completely under the radar. And um, yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing with it, man. I've been there. I think that historically, that's probably like the worst fixture of my lifetime, Liverpool. Like, I think we've like, it's probably the fixture where we've won the least, like overall. Like, we, I think we've won once in like 23 years against or something like that in the league or some some mad stuff like that. Uh, or one, once in 23 games, sorry. Um, and like to actually beat them, it's just like so joyous. I'm not really going to get too involved in all the noise around it at the moment. I'm just going to enjoy it. And because it, it's been coming so long, we've had so many like near misses, like the amount of nonsense that's happening in the games versus Liverpool in the last few years. Like they've battered us sometimes. I remember I've been in the ground for like when they beat us with Suarez and like AVB. I was there in the Shearwood game when um, he was in the stands, um, the game that sacked AVB as well. It's just like been an absolutely horrid fixture. Not forgetting our worst ever loss in the Champions League final. Like, I'm just so fucking happy just to beat them for once, man. It's been so long coming. And yeah, like, like you say, it's not been spoken about enough how good it is just to beat them. Like you said it was 23 games, but like when you initially said it was 23 years, I would literally believe I know, that. it did sound right when I said it and then yeah. I just caught that. That's actually a mad <laughs> amount of time, but yeah, it does feel like that. It's been so bleak for so long, man. Like the fact that everybody has been... We all Did you guys all predict a win last week? I said... I remember. I said... I think I think I said two two. Oh no, that was the week before. I said two two for the. I think Arsenal. I said three two. Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting. I never ever expect to beat Liverpool. Like, it just doesn't come to me. I never never expect it. I confidently predicted a three two when I was talking about it with my Liverpool colleague, and then after that I was like, "What have I done? What have I done?" And then people put in these videos on Twitter of like every single terrible miss or mental decision or moment of madness. And I thought, why have I, why have I said that? Why have I said that out loud? It's absolutely insane. But it really, really, really happened. Tom, how are you feeling? 
Well, it was just quite mental, wasn't it? I've had to, before Mm -hmm. we started recording, I've had to remind myself of the game because the South Stand was just chaos. Uh, And then afterwards, I had obviously too many beers. Billy just uh, running through those, um, you know, the times we've been wronged there. I'd actually forgot that I was at Anfield. A day that I've erased from my mind is that day at Anfield when Sherwood and his gilet was sat in the stands for no apparent reason. Um, and it went, that's like one of the worst games I've ever seen us play. There was a point at which the in the away, fan, the away fans, we were all singing, let's pretend we've scored a goal. And then, uh, and then like <laughs> yeah. celebrating for no, for no reason. And also singing, where is our manager? Anyway, there was that. And then uh, the other one I erased was Jota last season kicking Skip in the head fully kicking Skip in the head. Somehow that wasn't upgraded to a red card. Um, And then Jota scoring in injury time, I think, to win the game for them, right? So anyway, I I have no, absolutely no sympathy for them. The game was a total roller coaster. I think we were actually playing well when it was 11 v 11, right? We started well. The first half hour, we were actually really good. Um, And then, yeah, after the first sending off, somehow... It felt like forever until Son scored, and actually it was 10 minutes. Uh, And then, yeah, and then annoyingly they equalised fairly uh, soon after. And then, yeah, after that second sending off, it was so frustrating, wasn't it? Because you're like, how the fuck aren't we beating nine men? So when the moment finally came, just like the Sheffield United game in the like the final throws of the game the south stand where I sit just went absolutely fucking ballistic and uh, just on that while I'm on the chaos in the south stand my favorite thing is all the like geezers going mental to uh freed from desire by gala uh like the kind of Robbie Williams angels is almost expected from the sort of lad lad dads 50 50 something dads but like at losing it to one of the biggest gay anthems of all time uh, free from desire is just so fun every right every time we we win but look this is what Andrew's done to us um sam did you have belief that we would get something out of this game because i'm not going to lie i was actually more scared when they were down to nine because i just when they went down to 10 men, I was like, okay, fine. If we lose it from here, like Newcastle have already done that this season. They've, they bottled the lead against 10 man Liverpool. Fine, whatever. Um, and then when they went down to nine men, I was like, oh, here's like a new horrible twist for us. Like I could genuinely see them just catching us on the counter. But I, so I was like, I, at, at that moment, I was just like, I just get me out of this with a draw. But were you thinking we can do this? I know what you mean. Yeah, no, I it it'll it'll come back to bite me one day, but I am like backing backing the team until the absolute final whistle. And even after after that, I just think that you know we are just gonna relentlessly play the way that we do. Um and you know, he's he's said that and multiple times now. He's got one plan A, and that's also his plan B. And we're just gonna hammer that door until it finally pops open and it did doesn't matter how the ball hits the back of the net I don't care if it's an own goal or if it comes off the referee um yeah it's it's amazing so yeah I was I was fully fully behind them until the last minute um and yeah we we got the result so I'm obviously ecstatic and let's be clear like own goals do count as goals despite 
the nonsense going around. It's like, oh, Spurs couldn't break down nine-man Liverpool. Like, we we have the three points, so I think you'll find it worked. Um, I think you're right, Sam. I think this is what I have to... The last two games, in, like, really have, have just made it so clear, I think, that you have to believe. You just have to believe until the very end, and it doesn't matter if you feel if it goes wrong and you feel stupid because they've already given us enough i think that game i i'm so envious of you guys but even though like i lived through the sheffield game and i know how good that was like i think those celebrations and that emotion and that sheer catharsis must have been on another level right yeah, man, it was. So I literally sit um, front row behind the goal and Paro was like, um, like one row in front of me. And when he scored, like or when we scored, like there was a massive like crush and I ended up like two rows in front um, just in that whole melee. I li- And then like, it was just absolute chaos everywhere. Like there was this guy who was literally being pressed into Poro and he sort of like came around. And he was just like doing this phone gesture. He'd obviously lost his phone. Someone like five rows behind him was like holding up a mobile phone. It was just absolute pandemonium <laughs> in there. Man. It was absolute chaos. He found his phone. Happy story. But yeah, that that scenes. And then like the thing is like there's like four, two, good two hundred people like crushed down onto those stairs. And it seemed like a finger clip between that and freed from desire. And the same like two hundred people just going absolutely mental. Like yeah, I'll, I'll long long remember those scenes, man. It was just nuts in that little section of the South Stand. Even when we've got to replay it. Yeah, do it. Bring it on again. Let's do it. Let's do it yeah, again. we want to live it all again. Um, everybody was pretty much impeccable. That said, I do want to ask you guys for your sort of your standout performers, your standout moments of the game because we've got we've got so many to choose from. Basically, we we could be here all night. Let's let's try not to be. Um, Sam. Who who's your pick? What or do you even have? Do you have a player? Do you have a moment? Yeah, I really don't have have a pick. It's a tough one. I think like I have to take my hat off. Like first thing that that comes to mind is like Sonny and Madison because they're both clearly in a hell of a lot of pain and just pushed through it all night. Um, and you could see like in the last moment, uh, obviously when when the chaos unfolded with the winner, that that Sonny's you know sort of dragging this dead leg up to try and chase after the team. Um, so yeah, I hope he's okay. But he yeah, put in a hell of a shift for for someone probably running on on half a leg if if it was one. Um, so yeah, he's he's my pick for sure. I think there's an argument now that um, I mean he's like our best big game player, really, isn't he? Like uh, you know, we we don't want to get into other strikers. That's that that's that's done now. <laughs> um, Even you. But- even I'm like we we move we move. I don't I don't want to drag us all down. Isn't he um, um isn't he second top scorer in the league right? Um, sob behind Haaland. I think he must be. He's got yeah, six he's goals scored, now. Yeah, yeah, six goals in four games. Mm. Six goals in September, I think. But three of those goals in like massively massively important games for us, and he's done that on so many occasions. And all of those goals have been have been glorious. I think. And we're about to get our back to back player of the month. Surely, surely he's got to win six goals. Mm. Player of the month and manager of the month, maybe again. Maybe be out of him and uh, Emery. I think <laughs> we 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 just we don't need that curse anymore. We're, <laughs> we're done. We're done with all curses. Yep. It's just like good good karma all the way. Um, Billy, do you have a standout 
Yeah, I do. I think uh, Pedro Porro for sure. I thought he was absolutely excellent. And um, I love to hear well, it. Like, is it hard for you to say, Bill, knowing how you feel about Emerson? Yeah, it is a bit a bit of sweet, and I feel like it's kind of weird because Emerson's like just been like totally forgotten about, and I think that's okay. He's doing his own thing. Like, I was going to go into um, he's doing another rap video since since the last, and done some crazy Instagram posts, and he's done some jams and with Richarlison and karaoke. But we've got a lot to talk about this week, so maybe watch this space for next week to go into that properly. But um, yeah, it is bittersweet because obviously I love Emerson. But and when we when we signed when we got Ange, everyone was like, "Oh, he can't play in a back four. He's bought as a specialist wing back. He didn't have the greatest of like debut seasons. There were still quite a few question marks." Um, but I think that speaks to the time and the craziness of the team at the time because he's just been absolutely excellent all season. He looks really good as an inverted fullback. Um, he's incredibly creative. He does not stop going. And that turn that he did, and I think it was the second half, it all blurred into one, to be honest. But that turn that he did where he absolutely sent someone, um, obviously was the ended up being the match winner kind of thing. But yeah, I'm just, I think he's absolutely excellent. And there was one defensive run as well, which he, and defensive tackle that he made, which is excellent. So, like, this kind of idea that he couldn't play in a back four has been completely proven wrong. I think a lot of people thought that with good reason as well, but it just shows like the power of coaching, man. We have a coach who makes players better. And yeah, I think he's gone from being like someone you maybe would have thought that would never work for Ange and might be sold in next year to being like one of the first names on the team sheet again. Yeah, absolutely buzzing for him. I 100% thought it wasn't going to work. I was like, I love, you know, I love you Poro. And he's been, he's been so up for it since day one as well, which I love. It's like debut was the 4-1 at Leicester, yeah. wasn't it? And so miserable, but he's always like been so fully committed. But I was like, that boy can't defend. Yeah, what are you he, doing? Yeah, and he was literally signed as like a specialist right wing back with like, and then is now playing as an inverted fullback like a few months later and is absolutely smashing it. Some I love him to bits. In the team as well. Yeah, really he is great. Great. And I love what I love as well is him and Madison's little bromance on Instagram. That is just uh, amazing, amazing scenes. Have they got a bromance as well? Yeah, I feel they like do. I, I can't keep up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Check out the Madison Parra bromance. It's a lot of uh, lot of insulting each other. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do recall. I love Porro because he has, of all the players, I think I've said this before, he has like they have no chill but he has like the least chill of any of them and he had to like he like apologized on twitter didn't he so all the fans who had him in their like fantasy teams because he just he was like I had to take my shirt off so sorry i got booked <laughs> more on that later <laughs> oh really okay um tom what about you uh well we've talked about the right flank let's shout out Udogi, who's let's. you know faced the two toughest challenges of the season, pretty much. I mean, he's got to play them both again. But, you know, Saka last week, Salah, Salah this week. And he's come out, like, just looking so good out of it, I think. he's He was so brilliant um, on on Salah. He's, he, the way he defends is just incredible. And, you know, he's just only just out of the Italian league. He shouldn't have hit the ground running like he has because he's just been him and Mickey as well. You know, they've just settled so well, haven't they? So yeah, I thought Adobe was excellent again, like after owning Saka just like seven days before, six days before. Did he even, because obviously in the first half against Saka last week, he did struggle, but I don't feel like I saw that against Salah this time. I don't think so. No, I think he was really, 
assured through the whole game. And also just quick shout to Bis- for Bissouma as well, who I thought had a had an excellent game. And again, they're, they're all so young and they don't get flustered um, on the ball or off the ball, really. Um, so, yeah, they show such maturity considering we've got such a young team. And in that game as well, man, I just... You know, maybe that's part of it. Maybe they're all coming into it and they don't have the sort of memories and the trauma that that we've had, I guess. But, like, Liverpool are back this season, like, for real, aren't they? They may be, like, they've still got some problems to work out, but they're, like, leagues beyond what they would... I mean, they struggled so much last season. They had so many injuries and now it's like, that's all fixed and they've kept Salah and they've got Diaz back and everybody else um, and they've got that new guy whose name I will not try to pronounce because I haven't looked it up and I'll just butcher it, but we all know who I mean. Um, and just to go toe-to-toe to them, to go, go toe-to-toe with them and be so fearless, I was watching it sort of in a very chaotic setup where I had my kids and they wanted to watch Strictly and then I was making them pizza and and they were all they would you know they kept saying to me mommy watch this dance and I was like oh and then I also kind of shut my laptop at times because I got a bit scared but when I was watching I was like some of the football guys like it may I'm not gonna lie it made me emotional like this I know we've that we've said this so many times but I feel like this season, this league is seven games old and we're doing this already. I feel a bit scared thinking yeah, about it. Is, it is crazy. Like we've obviously the kind of start that we had, we were like, we basically went for a you know, great start of beating teams that we should beat, like if we're honest. And we beat them convincingly, but it's good. But now we've played like two legitimately outstanding teams in Arsenal and Liverpool, too easily of the best teams in Europe. And, um, We've gone toe for toe for them. We beat one of them. We drew one of them away. Where we probably should have won that game. And overall, like we're the real deal, man. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. We're real, and this is real now. And like, I'm just going to try and savor every moment of it because the amount of shit that we've gone through for the last four years of like just coming away from games we might have won them, but it's just been like, oh, it wasn't really ever enjoyable. Um, and the, you know, a couple of brief highlights here and there, but you kind you kind of never had that feeling that oh, you know, we're great. And we're getting that feeling again now. And it's like, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that a lot of these players, like, like Tom was just mentioning, like you doggy and stuff, they don't have that kind of baggage. They don't really have that thing where, you're, oh no, we never beat Liverpool. They never really experienced it all. So they're going in like completely fresh. And yeah, it's just like the personality in the team is great. The way that we play is great. And yeah, I think we're legitimately really good. And that's mental to say what Andrew's done in the space of um, seven games. It's just absolutely astonishing. I think it's like why the... Um atmosphere was maybe like a little bit tense obviously the game was tense those last sort of 10-15 minutes but why it sort of went a little bit quiet because uh you know it's the fans that are carrying that baggage for like the last four years it's not yeah, like anymore. Exactly. Um, yeah we're so scared man this is it you know but like i think uh, maybe as the season goes on we'll we'll all start to sort of understand and appreciate that you know that like the, the boys on the park they don't, they don't give a shit anymore they're just going to try and knock the door down until we score um so yeah it's so good to see i was thinking um on the way home today that from united liverpool and arsenal um the first seven games we've taken seven points like i'd bite your hand off uh, if you, you offered me that at the start of the season it's unreal 
Yeah, it's absolutely mad. And like again, uh, three teams that we traditionally just don't beat as well. And like I know we're going to talk about them for a lot more of a serious reason later on. But Destiny Doggy has come out the side of a battle with two of the best wingers in Europe, and he has not lost those battles. He's come out, you know, with his reputation intact. Um, and you're never you're never going to play two more difficult consecutive games than Salah and Saka as a left wing back as a left back. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, and just. Ah, just absolutely buzzing for the team. And um, as I say, we will definitely talk about you, Doggy, later on. Mm-hmm. Do you know who I want to shout out is is Vicario? Yes. Because I think he, number one, the content that we've been gifted since, um, since Saturday has been just impeccable. That video, and I hope everybody's seen it, um, of him on his haunches, watching the action unfold in front of him and the own goal is scored and the crowd on South Sand and then obviously everyone kind of roars as one and he just kind of collapses back onto his knees with his arms aloft just in silence and the way it's shot just everything about it and then you see the, the other players just like run across the screen in front of him and it's just like you know that to me is cinema um, can we? Can I just mention Mickey, who falls down dead in that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the way he falls to the ground is in, is it mad? How he even does that? No one was saying it was like he got like shot by a sniper. From <laughs> yeah, the it, was, it was. He needs to a uh, uh, part-time job as a stuntman or something in films for that kind of fall. <laughs> Impeccable timing. But the thing about, just like to get back to like the, the actual goalkeeper, is I think he really exemplifies the new Tottenham and that particularly that double save he makes. You know, we loved Hugo Lloris and there was a time when he would have made those saves as well, but that time has been gone for many years. And at any time over the last, what, two or three years probably, that's a goal all day. And to know that he's there and also to know, like, we didn't, we didn't really, like, none of us knew anything about him and, you know, loads of people doubted him. And I think, you know, everybody is fully on board with him now. But I think that game in particular, he was fearless and not only fearless, he saved us in absolutely crucial moments. There was nothing he could have done about either of the times they had the ball in the back of the net, I don't think. Um, but at every other moment, he stepped up. And I think he's a real, he's really emblematic, basically, of this new side. And I absolutely love him. And isn't it just a blessing to have a keeper you can not just rely on, but you've, I was talking to someone about this on Twitter. And he was like, I didn't expect to feel like this again so soon. But I feel like I would die for him. And I'm like, I feel like he would die for us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and before we move on, I just want to ask, um, because I, I feel like we're just like all this stuff that you're hearing you talk about stuff like that, it just makes like my heart grow so much. And like I feel like we're witnessing a really special time. And I feel like we're so lucky um to be have people document it. And you know, shout out to Sam as well, who's taking the most incredible photos every single week. I just want to ask Sam, how was the sort of how was the photo taking experience against this game? Because like you're having you're capturing like literally the most some of the craziest scenes we've ever seen in the history of the football club um, in like consecutive weeks. So how's, how's that all going when you have to do it like as like a, a photographer, how is it like having to capture this experience? Honestly, well, thank you firstly. Um, but yeah, man, I like, I enjoy the process so much. Um, I don't really see it as a burden or as 
as it taking away from my football experience it, it adds a layer to it for me um yeah i mean it's it's been really special to to be able to 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 capture like the the, the big moments this season so far and also to to do the away day in burnley as well capturing sonny's hat trick was wicked um i always just think that like i was this kid on the other side of of the world that wasn't able to connect to put to football um on a more metaphysical way other than watching 90 minutes on a you know a tv um and when it's over it's over and um i always wanted yeah to to feel more involved and feel connected um to the culture you know when i came over to, to games um, you know, hearing the fans sing songs and stuff, that's what was grabbing my eyes, not not the actual game itself. Um, so to be able to sort of capture some of that culture and, you know, um, sort of trying to tie that connection back. And um, like even last season when I was taking pictures, it was, it was just like a nice little reminder of why people go to the football, you know, what people's days are about. Like it's not all about 90 minutes for all of us. If it was, it'd be a pretty boring existence until Ange came um but yeah it's it's been amazing um i'm just like really buzzed that there's some people that are enjoying it as as much as i'm enjoying doing it so yeah thanks bill yeah if you haven't seen sam's photos in particular i love the ones you posted today of um the ball crossing a line and then <laughs> like a split second later where allison's like punched it away in disgust like I don't like I don't know how you captured that moment, but also because you're in the middle of the melee. So basically, got like this new spot, like as of or basically this season, because of the return of the shelf guys um, in Spurs song sheet um, are at the back of I think it's three, two, three, three, two, four. Um, it's basically right at the back of the south stand, um, and I'm basically um, stood where there are no seats now. So like at the back of the back. Um, so it also means that what someone asked me if like I'd been, you know, basically punched in the back of the head or like how's the camera after the limbs or something, but it's I'm sort of out of it for a second and then soon as this is because this is genuinely my concern, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. At the United game, some guy put me in a headlock. That was quite funny. But we yeah, I've 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 survived, I've learned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was uh yeah, pretty pretty cool moment to capture. I just sort of lock in on the focus and then just fire off the bursts and and hope that it it all pans out. But yeah, it was was good to capture that little Allison punch away into the south stand. I thought that was pretty comical. Big volleyball. So spike. good, so good. Because also, because I think you you said this as well, Bill. Like seeing Allison like properly and what an amazing keeper he is. Oh, man, he's so fucking good. So so good to beat him with an own goal. <laughs> It's just the match, so... I think he got a manager actual, which which says a lot about the, the game, which apparently we didn't deserve to win. But there you go. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I've lost my. I'm just not just thinking about that. I've just completely lost <laughs> my train of thought. I just I feel really overwhelmed. I, honestly, it just feels like it feels like karma. I like. I genuinely like. I know we've you know we've talked about individual players and the atmosphere and all of that but I just the overriding feeling I have about Saturday is karma and we genuinely and I think that's what's you know we'll get into it but that's just what's been quite galling about the the sort of noise about it afterwards is it's like I don't you don't understand how much we've suffered in this fixture and how much we deserve everything that happened on Saturday 
Like I don't, I don't care. I don't, uh, you know, I, I, like, sorry for your loss, Liverpool, but the amount of misery that we've had to suffer, you know, people have said it, like a penalty mistake, a penalty decision so bad, they literally changed the law afterwards. Multiple times. <laughs> like the, 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 the endless content that I've seen where we've like had, uh, you know, awful decisions go against us. I was reeling off a few before, like the, the dire handball where, where I think, was it uh, Carol or that uh, headed the ball into his arm? Um, and then we had the Lucas Moore at Southampton where it was drilled into him from point blank. Um, they were just two of the less famous ones. And mm -hmm. then I'm sure Billy's got a, a handful for you. Yeah, the Newcastle one was, there was a rule change after Newcastle one as well. They literally changed it the next day. And uh, yeah, there's just, I mean, you, you we could be here forever, but it's just, yeah, it felt like karma. I mean, like, like some of the like the Salah back passes that we've given him, like the ridiculous Toby Odevaro goal, like it's just been like it's been building up and up and up, and nothing will ever quite make up for the Champions League final, which I no, try not yeah. to spend any time thinking about because it will drive me insane. But it's gone at least a little bit of the way, which is all we can ask for, really. Yeah, we're only replaying this fixture if we also replay the Champions League final. Yeah, that's right, man. We'll give you that. We for, will do that. Yeah. Um, and also, can I just shout out Jan Vertonghen's offside goal from inside his own half, which is probably the most... Oh, I forgot that one. I forgot that one. ever. That is much worse than any decision that's ever been in the Premier League. Awful. He was given offside in his own half. So, yeah, yeah. We've, been, uh, we, we've been due. Yeah. If you want to talk about bad communication, that's, that's officials literally forgetting their own rules. <laughs> um, one thing, one last thing that I wanted to just mention as well was I know we've also we've also talked about this in our like um Spurs commentary team but I loved the commentary for Sun's goal there's just a little moment where Rob says Madison what's he seen and then you see Madison play the pass straight through to Richarlison and then it's just like cross to Sunny and then it's a goal and I just that moment I've watched that so many times now and it just gives me absolute tingles and you know what maybe a shout out obviously Madison's been incredible but also a shout out to Richarlison who's yeah. been brilliant yeah. these last couple of games in, assists in consecutive games mm -hmm. yeah that that Madison pass has been like just totally forgotten about because of everything else that's happened but mm -hmm. That is an unbelievable pass. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. He's so deep as well. Also, yeah, he and the finish—it's a—it's a really good goal. Like the finish from Son is much, mm -hmm. much, much, much harder than it looks. But he does that all the time now. He has like this insane run of one-touch finishes, which is literally made for Angeball. Would we like to just discuss things we are a little bit concerned about now? It's not Tottenham, even on the most perfect, perfect, perfect day. If we don't have just like a little bit of neurosis. Just things that we're concerned about. Um, I know, Tom, you had some issues, possibly not with the, maybe with the game or maybe just going forward. Well, do you know what? I have no issues with Ange, obviously. I love, mm -hmm. I love the guy. Um, I think the celebrations at the end also, you know, was, was like the, the cork coming off because we had half hour where we couldn't score against nine men. Like that has, does have to be said. Um and I am worried about our squad depth. I can't lie. We like we lose one or two other players to injury. I'm I'm worried. Basically, having on 83 minutes having to double sub on Skip and Davis 
uh, when we're playing against nine men and we desperately need a goal, kind of shows the lack of depth there. Solomon, I think the jury's still out. I don't think he was great when he came on. Um, and Valiz and Donnelly were on the bench, which is great to see. Like I love, you know, I love that Donnelly to make a breakthrough. Valiz seems very exciting, but Liverpool isn't the game for them to come on at. In is it? I mean, if they're if they're on the bench against Luton and somehow we're two or three nil up, um, let's bring them on then. Donnelly did get on. Uh, sorry, Valiz got on late, didn't he? But yeah, I think I'm I'm worried about our squad depth because you look at other big sides that we're competing against and they've got much more on the bench than we do right now. And that's not a criticism of Ange. We're lucky that we've got one uh, one game a week for most of the season now. Um, but yeah, we kind of. Maybe it's about those injuries and we need Brian Hill and even La Celso. Uh, but most obviously, most importantly, Benton Kerr back. Um, but yeah, that, that did worry me. Half an hour without being able to score against nine men, you know, that we needed someone to come off the bench and do something. Yeah, I mean, I'm not so bothered about the um, nine men thing because I just think then they just put everybody behind the ball. So it's just, it's it's different even to playing against 10 men, especially if it's... 10 Liverpool men and we know what they can still do um but yeah it's very you know as much as I you know defend gentle Ben it is not it's not what you'd call an attacking sub <laughs> and it is very much these are the bodies that we have to put on I sort of feel like if we can just if we can get through with no injuries until Benton calls back we might be okay yeah, we got a, we got a really good run of games now as well, which is obviously famous last words. But we have got like mm-hmm. Luton, um, Wolves, and a few other. We have got a really good run of fixtures before. Then we have got Chelsea at home soon before Man City come up in like five or six games time. So it's a good time to be like we're a bit threadbare at the moment. But I think having Johnson back would be a big difference. I think having Gill back would be a big difference. And um, I do kind of feel like we need Nacelso because my biggest problem is. When Madison goes off and he's he can't really get through ninety minutes at the moment, we're like fucked creatively. Like it just there's a huge drop off, and I think with with Song going off, it's, it's quite noticeable as well. But at least then we've still got Richarlison up there, um, and Kudelski and Johnson. We've got some decent. But when Madison goes off, mm. we really kind of struggle. And, um, and I just kind of hope that Gio can come back and do that until you know, like you say, until Benson Carr comes back. Because when Benson Carr comes back. Um, I think we're going to be serious, but until then, hopefully Gio could sort of make do as like a little temporary one. Yeah, and also I think obviously Son and Madison we can't afford to lose, but the other one would be if Basuma got injured and and we we had to play Skip and Sar in the middle there, that would be far from ideal. And I don't know if you see him, but um, I think Madison in particular, I don't think he's training that often. Like I think he had like pretty much a week off before Liverpool, and Son is quite similar as well. And there's some videos of Son at the end where he's sort of like hobbling towards the celebrations. And like, they're both, they're obviously both playing through like some semi injuries at the moment, which is like a bit of a risky game. And it's mm. great to have one game a week and we're kind of getting away with it at the moment. But, you know, you're sort of one, like, we almost had it with the Madison against Arsenal. But you'd imagine that Luton might be a good game to just be like, right, let's just go for some, let's give Son a break now. Um, and then we got an international break after that, which you'll imagine he'll probably play some ludicrous friendly somewhere all over the place. But um, let's just give Son a break against Newton, I think, because he deserves it. He, and I just, I think we're playing a really risky game by like running him and Madison into the ground. Yeah, it's it's not ideal. I mean, we, to be honest though, the only other thing is that uh, we didn't, 
it feels sort of crazy to be worrying about what to do without Madison. We literally haven't had a player like him for four years. I mean, and obviously we weren't um, that fun to watch for a lot of that, but it's almost like that there's a reason he's been so transformative for us. And it is because players like him are pretty rare. So he's just so good, man. He's yeah. I actually can't believe how good he is. I think at the moment he's probably like as a shout of like the best player in the league um like in form wise like mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think anyone's had a better season than him so far he's just unbelievable and that's with possibly playing with a minor injury as well it's absolutely can actually train imagine what it's <laughs> going to be like when he can train for a week imagine if he just ends up being like a sort of another ledley and we just have to like let him like go swimming for a whole week and then he just like rocks up saturday 3 p.m every week yeah i mean it worked for ledley i guess um are we gonna we're gonna have to get into it aren't we just very briefly i don't like i'm it's it's been done to death on every other pod um so there's kind of there's no point in us sort of like picking it apart, but I do feel like if anyone has anything they want to get off their chest about the red, the two red cards or the offside that was clearly not offside, that it turns out was literally a communication error where they thought they were saying check over is fine, the goal's given, but actually the ref interpreted it as check over, your, orig- your on-field decision was correct. Anyway, who cares? I certainly don't. But if we have anything else we feel like we could add to that debate, go for it. All I want to say is it's ludicrous that people are calling the Curtis Jones sending off controversial or mm-hmm. that the, the Curtis Jones decision has been lumped in with other, with the, with the, the um, offside that, that wasn't offside, right? You know, that that's a riffing controversy. The Curtis Jones one was a red. Like he could have broke... Bissuma's leg or mm-hmm. ankle, like it, it was a, could have been career ending, genuinely. So I like I don't know why that's even up for debate. That's the one they're appealing against, though, right? Yeah, yeah you can actually get a um, you can get an, a further ban for making a frivolous appeal, which would be literally the fun. Imagine the scenes. If oh my god, please! An extra game ban that would just be the absolute best thing ever. So please happen. I, doubt, I literally, I doubt that they're, they're not going to wait have the balls to do that after all of this like mess is going on. But just imagine if they did. That's that's that challenge has come a week after Nketiah nearly breaking Vicario's leg as well, and mm-hmm. similar sort of thing. Like Gary Neville was saying that you know there's that the intent isn't there. Like yeah, maybe Nketiah didn't mean to go straight through uh, Vicario as well, but you know like it, it's it's our play. It's it's dangerous play at the end of the day. You shouldn't have to break somebody's leg for it to be a red card. It's it's just a little bit silly, isn't it? I mean, I think for me, what this has shown is that certain people in football need to really take some responsibility and grow up. I think Gary Neville is one of those people because that nonsense genuinely has to stop. It's like they could have injured somebody. Um, so it doesn't you're right, it doesn't matter about the intent. We have to take that seriously. And I think Liverpool Football Club also need to grow up and get a grip and not put out ludicrous statements um, about, the, about the integrity of the game. I mean, I don't mind if fans want to have a tantrum on Twitter, right? That's fine. That's your prerogative. You're a fan. doesn't matter. Um, but I think when, a, when an actual 
football club made up of a sensible professionals and grown-ups thinks that that's fine I also like it's funny and it's embarrassing but I also think it's actually a bit like worrying and irresponsible because I think it really encourages we have like a like allegedly we have a, a like a referee problem in this country already right loads of refs are, are leaving grassroots and lower league games because they get too much abuse and I think putting out a statement like that where you've left it very vague you're talking about like the integrity so you're leaving it open to all sorts of things right you're kind of implying that there's what like it's either you know either it's like the referee is just human error or what it's it's corruption or it's bribery or it's a fix or whatever you're leaving it open for like loads of people to put their own interpretation on it and I feel like that's actually really really irresponsible and unfortunately that club does have form in this regard not that long ago I mean if we're talking about times when we've suffered under Liverpool is also the era of uh, the notorious t-shirts let's not forget so I just think grow up be responsible don't be absurd because like something is gonna somebody will do something and you will have like emboldened them anyway but on a lighter note what we have been able to enjoy is the sight of a lot of grown-ups having an absolute meltdown on social media and we asked you guys for the craziest things you've seen over the last couple of days and wow (laughs) there were a lot would you want to give us a selection of some of the most insane yeah, I mean, I haven't even been able to compile all of them because if you just go to our thread on on Twitter and find it, like, there's an insane amount. But I've chosen a select few. Um, so hopefully, we'll be able to cue some relaxing music underneath this to really strap in and get the full weight of how crazy all this stuff is. So I'm going to go through the most unhinged tweets about Tottenham Liverpool and not just tweets either. So. Basuma went over the ball in the second half and such things, of course, went unpunished because the offenders wore white, a bit like the colourblind UK government and Ukrainian refugees. Interesting. Liverpool are to appeal against the red card given to Curtis Jones at Tottenham Hotspur. Crazy. Mitch, Mitch, that's like saying knife crime happens. Just wait and hope it's not you on the receiving end of it. So no action should be taken to stop it. Stupid tweet from you. Now, this one is a pictorial one. I suggest you seek her out in the thread. It is, we will never be silent with every single Liverpool member photoshopped with some flaming sticks in a mob fashion. Um, apology not accepted. Thank you. <clears throat> Here is someone who's clearly been spending too much time watching the Ashton Kutcher classic, The Butterfly Effect. Cody Gakpo is playing himself into form. Then the injury comes at the worst possible time. An argument to be had. If Luis Diaz's goal was correctly awarded, this could have been avoided. So there you go. Got the time-space continuum coming into play there. <clears throat> Someone has literally just put Klopp's lilac hoodie, which I can get behind because it is an awful, awful attire on him, as usual. <clears throat> Classic one here. Genuinely, Liverpool should appeal the result, and I would have no qualms as a Tottenham fan if we were offered to play the game again. It's that bad. I'm angry and my team won. The legitimacy of a football result has been destroyed. Get a life, mate. Come on seriously have a word with yourself like no. that one i saw earlier and i'm just like no no i've got no, what are you talking sorry. About? I've got no yeah. time for spurs fans feeling sorry for them i, I don't <laughs> no not at all they, they certainly weren't at the game as well and also you must have been asleep for literally the last 10 years 
to have any of those sorts of feelings. I can't I can't stand that stuff. No. Move moving on. Moving on. Not often you lose a game and come out of it with more positives than negatives. The mental strength and resilience of this side is unlike anything I've ever seen. We are a proper team who will achieve great things. Anybody slagging them off after that can get to fuck. Um, and if there's one thing about you can say about the Liverpool fans after that match, is they have certainly been concentrating on the positives that came from it and their reactions. Whoever you support, you should be in favour of Liverpool escalating this as far as possible. A clear goal in any match should never be disallowed because an official is having some sort of panic. <clears throat> Absolute no nonsense. Poster nice guy, mate, was done by Klopp today. They were rubbish. Couldn't break down nine-man Liverpool, except we could, couldn't we? And threat my ass. <clears throat> we could, though, and we did. Facts that may interest only me. Footnote to a disastrous game from which none of the officials came out with any credit. After Matip's own goal, Romero is seen running to the fans and removing a shirt. Should have been a booking and a red for Romero, who'd already been booked, which I would agree with had the picture not been Pedro Porro holding a shirt and not Romero at all. Great tweet. <clears throat> now, sadly, I can't read all of this tweet because we'll literally be here forever, but there's a dissertation style here um, in which Watch LFC has literally listed every single mistake, including Spurs getting a corner when the ball clearly comes off Kulisevsky. Um, a huge injustice, I'm sure you'll all agree. Here we have got somebody called Paul Tompkins, um, who has spent way too long a portion of his life studying referees from 2015 to 2023, no less. This is a busy scatterplot, all right, nerd, but as explained in the piece, it shows all reference club combos and measures actual decisions against expected decisions. Only five refs are kind to Liverpool's 17 unkind versus normal outcomes. Um, and I speak for everyone when I say, go outside, mate, honestly, just go outside. <clears throat> we've reached the racists aren't the problem it's the people who call out the racism that are our problem stage of the events um in response to tim vickery saying how about if the liverpool statement had said something else um satisfaction is winning by your team playing way not the real not real not the ref bro i would be apologizing if he beat you that way nah you wouldn't know would you you would not let's be real manchester city owners are from the uae so conspiracy corner time o'clock Sponsored by Matt Letizio. State-owned club, I let you decide. Darren England, Daniel Cook and Michael Oliver are being paid to referee a game in the United Arab Emirates. Imagine giving a bad decision against MCFC. Would that mean goodbye to your UAE trips to the referee games? <clears throat> Lawyers have been contacted. Look forward to seeing how that one pans out, obviously. <clears throat> Another favourite of mine. Okay, I am resigning as a referee on Monday morning following the decision to send Curtis Jones off VAR. And the refs have been disgraceful and make our job lower down the football chain impossible. Be ashamed of yourselves and sort this crap out. Um, from the Rosa Parks of the refereeing world there, thank you to you, Nicholas. Um, officiating at the Spurs-Liverpool game was some of the worst I've ever seen compared to Chelsea versus Bar. Mate, literally one mistake was wrong. Every fan should be supporting LFC equal tr for transparency and standards. Absolute joke currently. They can be so bad. Basically like, sorry, mate, we'll try a better come affect your club also. <clears throat> The worst officiating performance in the history of the Premier League, Tottenham versus Liverpool, a thread. Mate, it's not even the worst one this season. Come on, man. It's literally one error. There's a whole thread there in case you want to read that. If the goal should have stood, which there is no question about, why can't PGMOL or the league award it, call it a 2-2 draw and share the points, which would be the fair thing to do. Yeah, mate, as if that would ever happen. <clears throat> now, we've got Arlo White here. PGMOL have owned up to a mistake, but the integrity to the title race has been punctured. Who knows if LFC would have won that game 1-0 or we'll never low. But title race has been raised a tight lady. A goal in that game like that is huge. The PL's integrity is at stake. And with stories like that, mate, you should stick to Ted Lasso. 
That was my favorite, I think, actually, because I enjoy integri- integrity being punctured and something being razor. What was it? Razor tight. Yeah. Razor tight or razor, razor tight, apparently. Now, this is the most, the one which um, upset me the most um, out of all of them. It does a southern Tory inspired club that reeks of corruption. Horrible decisions arrived to get today. Now, you can call me anything in life, but a Tory is a step too far. And calling Tottenham a Tory club is one of the funniest things I've ever heard, man. Come on. Just go to Tottenham and see if it's Tory. I, I, go on. How dare you? <clears throat> Kathy thinks we were involved in a conspiracy against Liverpool. Um, the silence from Spurs fans is deafening. They are complicit. So it's our fault, guys, just so you know. <clears throat> Seeing as Hoang Min Son's red card was overturned for actually breaking someone's ankle, there should be no issue in overturning Jones's red card, right? Completely different instance there. <clears throat> Can't even have a go at my tip. That game wasn't finishing until Spurs got the winner. Worst refereeing performance of all time. Yeah, come on. Um, another classic. This one's been doing a lot of... It's got like 10,000 likes. Genuinely, Liverpool should appeal the result. And I would have no qualms as a Tottenham fan. Again, another Tottenham fan. We've got Lord Sugar now Spur, as a Spurs fan. Why are Spurs fans like doing this? Like, Why is this energy coming from? Why are you supporting Liverpool in this instance? It's not what football is about. But Alan Sugar says, as a Spurs fan, I have to say that Liverpool have a very good cause to argue. Clearly, their goal should have been allowed. The ramification of the mistake cost Liverpool at the end of the season. The ramification of your chairman, mate, was a lot worse than that. Let's be real. Um, so-called comedian, and I do use the term lightly, Ahmed Jahili here, um, talking about, <clears throat> he has again done a dissertation, which I can't even read, but it says, as lovers of the game, we have every right to know exactly what went wrong, that it doesn't happen again. As an extreme example, if airline said after every air crash, it's a fuck up. Yep, he's comparing it to a plane crash, mate. Honestly. And then he goes, in a Russell Brand style, he says, in a post-truth world, football fans are ultimately being asked to accept Diaz's goal being offside as an alternative fact. And the majority of true football fans are simply not having it. Mate, the majority of true football fans are fucking laughing at your ridiculousness. Trust me. Now, my top three coming in at the end here. An apology. Kurt Zuma suffered more for kicking a cat. Yeah, it's because it's an actual crime. You know, mate. It's, a, it, it's literally a crime. Of course he suffered more. What do you want, man? If I say sorry after killing a person, will I be pardoned and forgiven? No. No, you won't, because it's a crime, again. And my favourite one, I think what you have to kind of remember here, um, oh no, I've got two more, actually. Uh, this is Ben Jacobs. says, I also wonder if the fourth official had immediately explained to Ange Postacoglu and Jurgen Klopp that the only goal should stand due to the VAR if Spurs would have actually just agreed to let Liverpool walk the ball into the back of the net. Great idea there. And my favourite one, I think you kind of have to remember through a lot of this, um, a lot of these people online are like teenagers and faces to counts. And one of them um, is this one here. It is clear that the current, the correct application of the laws of the game did not occur, resulting in sport integrity being undermined. Oh, sorry, actually, that's not a teenager. That's actual Liverpool Football Club saying that. Actual LFC. And we'll end it there. I think that about sums it up. Yeah. Just madness, man. Absolute it's- madness. It's, it is actually insane. I think when you you got people comparing it to actual crimes, I'm like, you, yeah, just honestly go outside, take a breath. Not petty Be- crimes, murder. <laughs> actual murder. Murder. <laughs> murder is not funny, guys. 
but in this context i'm really laughing um and uh, on a on a serious note like a lot of people replied to us talking about um some of the things which we've seen in reaction like the anti-semitism and the racism and i didn't want to include those because i don't think it would be right to make light of that situation um and it's been really upsetting and really like disgusting to see some of the stuff that's been aimed at our players um i've seen some you know tweets from female spurs fans that again um a torrent of abuse we've seen loads of anti-semitism um and it's fucking disgusting man and um that's a real upsetting thing about all this is that a lot of the anger and a lot of the hatred that is coming out of it is just like just makes you so sad that all this stuff is going on online it's, it's like a fucking it's just it's been grim reading it man especially you know i know like one of the high profile things we've seen you doggy being like racially abused um yeah it's just it's it's really fucking horrible well said yeah thanks bill i think thanks, um bill. yeah i think this is it we all have to remember that this is like football it's just it's not that important and it's not Anyway, you know what? I actually, I'm going to stop talking because I don't, I, I can't improve on what you said. But just to say, um, I'm really glad that you brought it up. Um, I'll just add to that what I thought was um, a really nice thing to see was like the kindness flooding into your doggies' comment sections. thought that was like really beautiful rather than just like letting it fill with hate, just like washing it out with just pure love. And, and I love that he uh, he posted a picture of him in Paris as well. Like. Yeah, man, just let's get behind him, man. It's a horrible thing to anyone to experience. So, yeah, fucking love him. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And he's he's moving and he's living his best life, frankly, as he should. Um, let's look ahead to next weekend. I feel like Luton is in its own way almost as big a test. I don't know, obviously not. That's ridiculous. But it is one of those games where I also feel like we got to do like we've got to do the thing properly, right? We've we struggled a bit against Sheffield, and it's amazing to beat big teams. But you also, if you're serious, you've got to just kind of dispatch the other ones, right? I haven't watched a single second of Luton this season. I note that they are not currently in the bottom three, though, which has got to be more than they expected. Yeah, they just got their first win against Everton um, this weekend, which I think is like perfect for us because like it's obviously obviously a club of their size, like their first ever Premier League win. It's obviously something which they've been dreaming of. And obviously I'm, I'm, a lot of their fans are expecting to be relegated this season. I'm sure everyone's expecting them to be relegated this season. So I think it's kind of good that they got that win like just before they play us and now like the pressure's going to be off a little bit. Um, you have people all season saying that you know they're going to be like the darks. Obviously, the stature and the, like the finances of their club and the stadium, whatever. They're one of the smallest teams to ever make the Premier League. And a lot of people saying, "Oh, they're going to do a derby and like be the worst team ever." But they've got that win out of the way, so I think it's a good time to play them. Yeah, you can't um, like you can't underestimate any game in this league, and you know the, the Sheffield United game shows that, right? So we do we do have to take it seriously, but you know, hopefully, a comfortable. 2-0 will be my prediction. What are you saying, Sam? I was just thinking like the um, every game comes with pressure now, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Other than when you start start rolling with the big boys, they all mean just as much as last. So, um, But I'm hoping we we get, get the job done nice and professionally. It would be nice not to have to worry until the last second of a game. Um, but yeah, I think I'm probably going to go with, with Tom. I'm going to say 2-0. I'm going to go three nil. I'm feeling I'm, I'm I've gone for it now. I feel like um, 
I am disgusted with myself still for being so cowardly about the North London derby that I'm going to like oh, massively overcompensate from for from here on in and just fully, fully, fully believe. I feel like because I think this is what this is what Ange wants, right? He doesn't he doesn't want us to be scared. He wants us to to dream. He's keep saying it. You can just he's not gonna like stop us having our expectations. So let's just go for it, ma'am. And we've is anyone then, going? We, sorry, we've I was just gonna say I'm not going sadly, but we've then got two weeks as well, haven't we, mm. without without Premier League football. So might as well leave everything out there, to be honest. And although you were saying, Billy, about like maybe Son or Madison need a bit of a rest. Um I don't care what condition they go to uh, their, their, their uh, international break or in, really. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, let's just go for it, man. And um, hope that Southgate, at the very least, just sticks to his um, his favourite boys and doesn't want to give Madison too many minutes. Sorry, James. I know you really, really, really love playing for England. Play Calvin Phillips, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, he needs the minutes and it is how Southgate likes to play. Um, yeah, so nobody's been able to get tickets because it's like a tiny ground. And, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Lord, points are crazy. High for <laughs> but yeah, I'd be jealous of anyone going, man. That'd be a good one. New stadium ticked off for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, it'll be so fun. Um, is that a three o'clock kickoff? Are we on telly? Twelve, uh, dreaded twelve thirty. Oh, that's yeah. the first one this season, and, right? Um, and uh, I think usually I would I would be a bit skeptical about this game because you had like the it's kind of got the vibes of like that Blackpool game where we just beat AC Milan and we lost to Blackpool the game after. Mm-hmm. But Ange Ange doesn't live for that shit, man. He beat no, Liverpool. Man. He turned up at the Emirates. He doesn't he doesn't believe in all that shit. So not not worried about it at all. Yeah, he doesn't do neuroses. He doesn't do curses. He's just like, we turn up, we play our football, we win. All is good. Okay, going to switch things up a little bit this week because, Billy, I know you have to go and look after your poorly partner. So we're going to do culture first and then I'm going to let you go. So do you want to tell us what you have been consuming this week? Yeah, man. So um, I haven't seen all of them yet. Um, I've only seen one of them. Um, all the things, all of it. <laughs> I haven't seen all the things. Yet. <laughs> I've only seen one. I think there's four release or three, but I'm talking about Wes Anderson's Ad- Roald Dahl um, short films that he's brought out. I saw, uh, let me just get the title of it. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of the work of Roald Dahl, um, not the person, but obviously mm-hmm. growing up and being a primary school teacher, it is amazing to listen to those. Um, so I watched The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar, which is one of the first ones that he did. Um, and it's just like, it's basically everything that you'd imagine Wes Anderson making Roald Dahl would be. It's like so Wes Anderson and I fucking love it. It just looks um, fucking incredible. Every single shot. Um, the cast is brilliant. It's got like Dev Patel in there. It's got like, Sir Ben Kingsley um, and uh, Ralph Fiennes. It's just like, yeah, it's just Roald Dahl, Wes Anderson. And like someone created it through one of those AI like TikTok memes, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. And it's all the better for it. Um, I haven't seen the creator yet, which I'm massively excited for. I'm going to go and see that on, uh, I think I'm going to go see that on Thursday, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, sci-fi film. And I just want to shout out as well before I go. Um, and this will probably be my culture pick next week. Um, Australian Matt fan called Matt Francis. I've been, who I've been speaking to online a lot. I really, really wanted the Poster Cogley book and you can't buy it in England. Um, it's not available. And he actually shipped it to uh, from Australia to England for me. 
Um, I've just literally arrived today and I'm absolutely buzzing for it. So thank you so much for that. I absolutely can't wait to read it. And, Have you got uh, it yeah. with you right now, Bill? Um, I don't have it with me right now. But... Oh man, I just wanted to just like hold it up. Yeah. Um, never mind. You will send. You can send us a photo next a bit week. Later. I'm going to bring Amazing. it. With me. I'm going to read it. But yeah, absolutely can't wait to read that. And thank you so much. That's really really kind. Because annoyingly, you can't get it on the UK Amazon. You can only get like the Kindle version. That's such a nice, nice, nice thing, man. Yeah, Aww. I'm absolutely touched by that. So thank you very much. Global coins. I, I just love fu- it. Just fucking love Australia at the moment, man. What a, what a mm. country. Louder for the people at the back, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this loads, actually, Sam, and I maintain, obviously, as you know, I maintain that we uh, won the Ashes by virtue of the World Cup tiebreaker. So, but that's good because it means I can just wholeheartedly embrace the nation once again. <laughs> um, do you, exactly, exactly. Listen, I do what I have to do. And you know that. What have you got for me this week? I've been a busy boy, so haven't been uh, taking in as much culture as I'd like. Um Billy dropped a, a film in the chat uh, this week that I'm dying to see now. My partner's back from her little holiday um, called Theatre Camp. Um, so that oh, shit, yes. Really, really excited to see that. It looks so funny. Um, and and got our favourite girl, Ao in there um, from, um, oh, my God, slipped, slipped my mind. The Bear. The Bear. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's that's criminal. Um, so really looking forward to seeing that. We're going to try and watch that together this this week. Um, but then, uh, from my other culture pick, um, I think I said this last week, my favorite band in the world. I'm, I'm a man that says it's my favorite thing in the world quite often. Um, but another one of my favorite bands. That's fine. (laughs) Passion is, that is, that is the hometown glory. I have a new favorite thing every week. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. To be fair, I do have, uh, a a tattoo from this band. Um, so it, it does go a little further, but, um, so it's Luca Brasi. They're an Australian band. An Australian band for those who didn't heard me the first time. Um, from Tasmania, the little island on the bottom of Australia, a little geography lesson here. Um, and yeah, new record out uh, called The World Don't Owe You Anything. Um, so if you're into like your sort of like uh, Aussie punk rock kind of vibe, um, yeah, it always makes me super homesick to listen to them because I used to go to their shows that they'd play at record stores like every couple of weeks. It was like, basically like what I grew up to. I went to university and all my friends would be at these little record stores together. So always makes me like really homesick, but proud whenever they, they release some new material. So um, yeah, it's called uh, the world don't owe you anything by Luca Brasi. So just feeling the full extent of your emotions this week, basically. Um, Theater camp. How are we watching it? Is it streaming? Um, It's still like um, it's it's streaming in America, but it's, um, yeah, it's just like a really limited cinema right at the moment. It's quite hard to track down, but I think it's coming out soon. Okay, so in other words, we're 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 not uh, we're we're not telling people how we're watching it. <laughs> yeah, not legally. <laughs> um, Tom, have you got anything for us? Two quick things. Uh, Dave season three, which is on Disney Plus. Uh, I think I talked about season two before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the story of Lil Dicky. It's absurd. It's stupid. It's like if you like kind of South Park, and I know that's a weird reference, but like the work of Sasha Baron Cohen, South Park. Bit of um, there was a good Guardian piece when the Bear came out, saying like because it came out on Disney Plus at the same time as The Bear, and it was like, don't don't miss Dave. Um, and The Guardian piece pointed out it's a little bit entourage, which is now 
quite an uncool reference and like Entourage feels very dated. Anyway, Dave's season three is very good on Disney+. And then a song which came out a few months ago, but somehow I've only just got to and become obsessed by, is um, a song by Nabaya Iqbal. And the song's called This World Couldn't See Us. I think she's she's released quite kind of ravey stuff. Uh, she's done whole dance albums. This track is like post-punk, sounds like The Cure basically in like 83 or something. Um, it's so good. And I posted a link to a session version of it, KEXP, the uh, American radio station that, yeah, it's so, so good. She's so talented and the band, whoever's in her band, like they're tight as fuck. So yeah, it's called This World Couldn't See Us. It's on Ninja Tune as well, which is kind of weird when it's quite post-punk, but. Yeah, they're they're killing it at label. Amazing. I love it. I feel like we're gonna need to put a Hometown Glory playlist together quite soon with everybody's recommendations. Um Cleo Soul released another album the other day. Um I don't I love her very much. I'm not entirely sure it was necessary. I don't know if it was if it's like that different to the one that came out the previous week. It's fine. Release all the music you want to release if you're feeling inspired, whatever, go for it. Um, I'm just not sure there was like enough of a different vibe for me to feel like I don't know why you just didn't do it all at once. Anyway, she does have an exquisite voice, however, and I do really love her. What I've been watching or just started watching is Justified City Primeval, um, which I've been umming and ahhing about for weeks because I loved Justified, the original series, but I never finished it. I can't remember why now. Um, I don't remember when it finished. I just didn't get to the end of it. So then I was like, I was intended to go back and finish it. I didn't, blah, blah, blah. Um, there is now a sequel set, however many years later. Um, and I was like, shall I watch it? And in the end, I've just, I've just gone for it because I don't want to miss out this time. And if I don't watch it now, I'll never get around to it. And let me I don't know if any if you guys ever watched Justified, but let me just tell you it is a blessing to have Raylan Givens back in my life. And it is also a joy to have an age-appropriate crush on my screen. <laughs> so I'm not looking at all these young footballers anymore, going, mm, they're really hunky, because Timothy Oliphant is just uh, like just well done to his genetics, basically. And his charisma, he's a fantastic actor. It's a great, great, great character. Um, there's a bunch of new characters who are also sort of fizzing with kind of coolness and energy. Loads of very cool character actors like Von D. Curtis Hall. Um, if anybody ever watched Rectify a few years ago, the young woman in that, um, Adelaide Clemens has also popped up. I've got a weird feeling she's Australian, actually. Just, just throwing that out there. She is excellent. Um, it's just, it's a brilliant, brilliant show. I'm really glad it's back. I'm very glad to have Raylan Givens on my screen. Um, yeah, but that is it for me because aside from that, I don't seem to be doing anything these days except watching like Instagram videos of Tottenham players just like hugging each other. <laughs> That's my culture. Um, Right, so now, actually, we are going to move on to Spurs women and their first game of the season, which was literally the hardest game they possibly could have had to kick off with, um, away to Chelsea. Um, Sam, you went. How was it? Talk to me about the experience, first of all. 
It was really good. Um, it was my first WSL game that like I've gone to. Um, I went to the doubleheader last season at the stadium. Um, but yeah, this season, um, I just really wanted to make more of a conscious effort to to get out to more games and support Tottenham uh, as a whole. Um, like as we all should, if we if we have the time. Um, yeah, I had such a good day. It was like such a nice vibe. I went with my friend um and and she's like really a, a very much an avid follower of the WSL so it was like nice to have a bit more of an expert next to me that can sort of help me through my my learning stage it felt um I felt sort of not uncomfortable is not the right word but it, it I felt out of my comfort zone not knowing who the players were and you know all their their strengths and weaknesses um but I partly blame that on on the club for not giving us enough to to watch throughout preseason. No arguments here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, like listening to the the preview pod that you did um last week was really helpful. But I sort of came into the game with lower expectations, um, just because obviously Chelsea are a phenomenal team. They had an, an abundance of talent to to even come off the bench at the, the latter stages of the game. Yeah, but- like, oh, we're just gonna bring on Frank Kirby. It's no big deal. Crazy. And like and Sam Kerr didn't even get onto the pitch. I know. I was I was disappointed by that, but mm. quite relieved also. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um no, it was it was really good. And yeah, I, I was so pleasantly surprised at how good the football was that we were trying to play. Like we it 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 feels very much like um the club are doing this journey together to to go back to its roots and what Tottenham is. And to play exciting football with adventure, intensity, and, and flair. Um, so, yeah, that an insane performance against, yeah, probably the best team in the country. Um, so they they did themselves very very proud, and and were unlucky not to to grab a draw at the end. To be honest. Yeah, and I think honestly, with Beth England in that team, we do get a draw for sure, and probably, obviously, not win, but like take the lead certainly. Um, um, it was just so nice to actually see the team play, I think, because everything that I'd heard, like everything that we'd heard kind of sounded good and Robert was saying all the right things, um, but we just hadn't had any actual evidence. So to see it, and I was talking to Lauren about this earlier and she said, honestly, because she went as well, she said, honestly, some of the football that we were playing like made me well up. Like it was so nice to see us play actual football again. And that same sort of bravery um, just trying to play out from the back, trying to press, actually trying to create chances. And I think, I feel like obviously we were going to concede because they've just, they're too strong and they've got too much talent. And that is years and years of investment and development and an amazing manager and all of that. But it almost felt like when we did concede, certainly the second goal, it was kind of us sort of falling back into the bad habits of last season where we let them kind of come onto us too much and we couldn't get out and we just sort of got stuck, I think, kind of so, so, so close to our goal that then conceding was inevitable. So I feel like if we can iron out some of that, um, we will be so much fun to watch. And I think it is, we are much further back in this journey than the men's team are in terms of, you know, the personnel and the fitness levels, certainly. Um, But I think if we can, they they do seem to be just absolutely like in the right 
it's it's all going in the right direction. It was so, so, so good to see. And I think I saw they put up this stat that was like, we had like the most shots on Chelsea's goal that they'd like, it had in like 10 years or something mental. Yeah, it, was a, it was a decade. Yeah. Crazy. Like that's real. Like they did. I didn't dream that, right? No, no that, that was real. Yeah. Like that to me is absolutely incredible. Um, do you have a standout performer from that game? Somebody that you were like, yes. I was, yeah, in awe of Ash Neville. Mm-hmm. She was incredible. Um, just like every challenge that she was throwing in, like her whole body, like, you know, almost Cootie Romero, like she'd go through him mm-hmm. if she had to. Like some some of those challenges are incredible. But then like, yeah, technically she was brilliant. She was up and down the entire game. Um, yeah, if we if we had a team of Ash Nevels, we'd we'd be doing all right, I think. Um, but yeah, an, an incredible like leader. I was like what you guys were saying on the pod last week, funny that maybe she didn't get a, a mention to be in the leadership. Yeah. Um, because she she certainly played like a leader on Sunday night. I honestly, um it's been that was really, really nice actually, because I think she has been a superhero for us. She's like proper all action and can, and like I've seen her playing games where I feel like she has played in about four or five different positions. And I think she had another one of those days on Sunday, where she was just like, I can, I could do this all. Don't worry. And it was so committed and so fearless. And it's, you know, it's horrible having Beth England be injured, but in a way it's nice to remind ourselves that we do have players like Ash Neville specifically. Um, I really loved Olga Artinen. I thought I was really excited about her and I feel like I was right to be excited because I think she looked great. I think she really did do what she said she wanted to, which is link up defence and attack. She came back a lot to get the ball. She was really like pressing forward and she played a couple of quite Madison-esque passes, I thought, to like balls over the top or to like split Chelsea's defence. And I also thought Martha Thomas was really great. I was going to say, I only caught the first half um, because 5.30 on a Sunday is an absurd kickoff time. It's absolutely terrible, yeah. Like when I'd been out, I hadn't seen my kids for quite a lot of Saturday. Mm -hmm. Um, I needed to, yeah, see them. So I only caught the first half, uh, stupid kickoff time. But um, I thought Thomas was brilliant. I Mm -hmm. thought she was really good. Um, And she just joined from United, right? Yeah, she did. And also like on the last day as well, like literally, oh God, we better get another striker in because Beth England's injured. I thought she, she really, really led impressive. the line brilliantly. Yeah, And, were, and was it Bizet as well? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the way she was linking with her, I thought was really good. Um, so yeah, I was impressed. I thought the football was really good in that first half. Yeah. And I really like um, the interviews that Robert's given afterwards where he's saying he's really proud. And I think they all feel like they're doing something together. And I think in his... Um, sort of pre-game team talk like he literally said to dare us to do so i think that's that's pretty cool um Becky Spencer I'm gonna... as well. i can't not give her a shout out because i know man you're so good. right actually she's incredible yeah yeah for real playing out mm-hmm. from the back in in those as spurs fans just um inherently being scared when the ball is like anywhere near the goal line but mm-hmm. like playing really calmly the whole um back four we're, we're, we're really tidy but yeah she was incredible a few of those saves were, were fantastic so Becky Spencer yeah. yeah that's so true we do always need to give her her flowers actually do you know what as well one last shout out for Jess Naz who I thought was brilliant when she came on and chased down um a ball and nicked it off I don't know what the Chelsea who the Chelsea player was but then we nearly scored from there as well 
So she was really, really brilliant. I think she's obviously enjoying playing under Robert as well. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So next week we've got Bristol City and they just got promoted and they also just got beaten at home by Leicester. So you'd have to think we can do something against them. I mean, we would be expecting to get a win out of that, I'm pretty sure. I mean, who knows? But I think, like, I'm going to predict a win. I feel like we'll be fine. I feel like it'll be a, a solid 2-0. I'm going to go anyway and watch the team there. So I hope I will see some of you guys, some of you listeners, some of the people who tweet us. It would be nice to see people there. Um, I think we will. We've done all right today, guys. Not too bad. It's like hour 15, something like that. Well done us. Um, let's wrap it up. Billy, you've stuck around. So can you see us out? Yeah, so we've got um, some big stuff coming up over the next few weeks. We've got the Luton game, we've got some women's games, we've got some international breaks. Um, yeah, so so stay with us over the next week. So, and in the meantime, we will explore the range of options available. Up the Spurs. <laughs>